From in the world, this is the Overcast Gamer Show. My name is Abe Foster, and I'm joined, as per usual, by Regan Harper, Howdy, and Balthazar Valentine. Yeah, both both my usual cohorts, and uh, unfortunately, we're having a, a wee bit of bandwidth crisis on my end, so that's why uh, you're not able to see me in animated form this time around. Mm. <laughs> I would, but <clears throat> I would argue that it's always a bandwidth crisis. Bandwidth crisis. Where you are, it seems. It's, um, that's which true. Is, that's you know, true. Which is okay, but it just, you know, just as yeah, what it is, I, w- I guess. I wouldn't dispute that. I definitely mm. wouldn't dispute that. <laughs> uh, so, Regan, you have been overseas in Japan, and you've been back for, what, a couple of weeks now? Uh, yeah, I want to say a couple of weeks. Um, I got back on the 18th, so... Um, yeah, so it was a couple of weeks. So, well, a little bit over a couple of weeks over there, and... Um, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. We yeah. you know we talked about um, about living homeless and things before I went on the last podcast, but that didn't happen thankfully. Um, well, actually, to be <laughs> honest, so my impression of Japan is that it was it's just an ultra safe place, and it's kind of one of the interesting cool parts about it is that like you can rock around there in, in the middle of Tokyo at like two in the morning and feel feel totally safe. So I probably could have slummed it for a night or two if I if I wanted to, but I didn't, but I didn't. Um, but yeah. You didn't get any use out of that sleeping bag that you had? No, I didn't. It stayed in the bottom no. of my bag, but I, but I knew I had it. So if I had needed to, I could have. So, <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. So Balthazar, does that sort of match up with your impressions of Japan as well when you went over there? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's quite a difference going over there from being almost anywhere else in the world with regards to, as Regan said, that feeling of just, like, it feels like everywhere is safe. Mm. Um, anywhere else you are, like, I think it's also just the fact that everywhere is so well artificially lit as well. That there's <laughs> never, there are no dark corners mm. or anything over there. It's yeah. all, well, like, that been, bright I think that would have been my challenge if I decided to go homeless for a night, would have been trying to find somewhere suitably dark to, mm. to to hold up like yeah you're totally right it's like there's leds on every surface it's um yeah <laughs> so you, you, there's no dodgy dodgy basketball courts that you have to you have to walk over to get to town or anything. like i just remember when i when i lived in wellington there was a few times where i had to walk walk through a uni campus or over a basketball court or something and it was extremely poorly lit and yep. i swear there was people hiding you know at, at every bend sort of thing Mm, maybe that's part of it right maybe that's what sort of gives it that safe feel is like genuinely everywhere is just lit or at least mm, in, yeah. in the major cities that we're in um or that i was in anyway but and it's not just that like it's um like it's hard to describe like what's so cool about japan but i think it's just a cumulative effect of all of the the, the things that they have like excellent street lighting um <laughs> excellent trains the trains are just like <laughs> just incredible like i don't know how humans are able to achieve such a feat um and also i think it just comes from the fact that like the japanese are just like really nice people and really good at their jobs like yeah go in to get food it's not an ordeal because 
they know exactly what they need to do so they like welcome you in they pull out the chair for you and it's just like oh okay that's where i'm sitting excellent you sit down there they give you your menu um and it's just like there's a system to everything and and it just works like um yeah it's phenomenal it's a cool cool place that's cool man i i I remember hearing something about japan um in terms of the food where i'm not sure if this is true or not but someone told me that you can't or, or it's impolite to alter a an item on a menu. So say you ordered a hamburger right. and yep. you didn't like tomato, you wanted to have the tomato removed. I've, I've heard that that's really rude to ask them to alter um, any sort of food item. Did you encounter mm. that at all? I did not ask for any food alterations. It's generally not something okay. I do anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure, but I do know that. Uh, well, I well I was told that it's rude to eat on the street. So if you like, oh. if you pop into a convenience store and you pick up, you know, sushi roll and a and a coffee or something, yeah, you shouldn't eat it on the street. Like it's kind of just, or it's seen as kind of low brow, if you will. Um, right. To, yeah. Um, Drinking too, like you have to like moving. It's it's seen as yeah rude to like drink like you can carry a drink around and you can drink on the street but you're supposed to stand still and step to the side and have a drink and oh. then continue like you're not supposed to drink while you're walking yeah and then uh <laughs> then the other one is uh on the subway you can't oh you you shouldn't take a phone call if someone calls you and you're on the on a train right you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a phone call and that one i am well on board with the last yep, couple I of days am too. on the train here um like for whatever reason it, it, a dude the other morning was on his phone having a big old conversation um and i commented to case i was like this 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 wouldn't fly in japan this shit wouldn't <laughs> you know this guy would be so this, this isn't like it is over in japan yeah and, and then that afternoon it happened again like it, it's not often that it happens on the trains here in new zealand but it happened again i was like what is going on here <laughs> <laughs> like all i want is a is a like a quiet 20 minute ride you know into the city or back out again without having to hear about this guy's you know life issues so <laughs> well we don't yeah. have the um the quiet carriages in new zealand uh, that's right eh? i've never been on a train in new zealand with that has um quiet carriages or anything like that like that's quite common in the uk as well as they have um i suppose because they have longer trains they have you know big 10 to 12 hour train train journeys right. um yep. and they overnighters and things like that so they have quiet carriages where if you if you say a word you'll have the whole carriage you know staring you down tutting all, all the all the good <laughs> passive aggressive um <laughs> uk stuff yeah excellent <laughs> um yeah they don't have those it's just i think it's just agreed upon that like everyone's going to be good about things and i think that's how japan is the place that it is is you know, there's all these little social etiquette things that kind of cumulatively mean that people can get along and, and exist in a society that is that dense. Like, yeah, I think it's kind of necessary for them to have that sort of stuff. But um, like aside from all of that sort of stuff, actually, I, I should tell you guys my highlight of my trip to Japan. Well, not the highlight of like the random shit that I did, the wedding and all that sort of stuff was amazing as well. But when I was in Tokyo, I went to Akihabara, which is like the the electric town the the sort of like video games and anime district yeah i went there twice one when i first got there and one when i got back but the highlight and if you ever go to japan any gamer needs to go to this place in Ak- akihabara which is central uh, central tokyo 
there's a store called Super Potato, which is a fantastic <laughs> fucking name. Um, it is. But, but it's kind of quite well known in the area. And essentially, it's like a retro gaming... Um, it's a retro gaming mecca. Like, so it's like three stories. And the first story is um, like six, the sort of the 16 bit era. Um, so you've got your Super Nintendos and your, or 8 bit or whatever they were, um, the, the old school consoles. So Super Nintendos, Mega Drives, um, you know, that, that sort of era. You can yeah. walk in and you can just buy those consoles. Like they just have stacks of them on shelves, just refurbished and, and essentially brand new just wrapped in plastic kind of thing. You could walk in and buy any old school console you like. Then they have like hundreds of games for them, like just stacks and stacks of, of, you know, of games for all the different consoles they have on sale, which for me was just like, how does this still exist? Like, where are they getting these consoles from? Yeah. Um, It was incredible. So that's the first floor. And then the second floor is uh, like the next era. So from Nintendo 64 through to kind of, playstation ones um uh and then kind of there were some ps2s and and some 360s and things in there as well so it was kind of that next era so So the next 10 years i suppose yeah you could get any of those consoles and then all the quirky weird shit that came out as well that wasn't in like one of the main kind of console sort of generations like all the weird stuff that also comes out um plus a shitload of games for all of those consoles as well. Like a lot of them in Japanese, obviously, but um, it was incredible. And then the third story was essentially like an arcade. So um, like they had a bunch of arcade machines set up and some just consoles from all the different generations and things. It was amazing. Like this place was just packed to the rafters with like all the retro gaming goodness you, you could want. If you, I reckon if you went in there with like three to $500, you could come out with like, the most amazing retro collection you've ever seen. But yeah, so not sweet, I was going to say sweet potato, super (laughs) potato, (laughs) go to, go to super potato. It's on one of like the back streets, um, of, of Akihabara, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely go there. If you do make a trip to Japan, it's, it's totally worth it. Um, so, so what's the price for a highlight? I think, yeah. What, what's the price just, just, um, out of interest, Regan, you said three to $500 for a, is that so for nice. about four four consoles or something like that? Or okay, Seven. sounds like you're after price. You you're breaking up a little bit, but so um, the consoles. So for example, the one I can remember console wise was uh, a Mega Drive because I considered getting one, and that was about I want to say nine and a half thousand yen, um, which is maybe just off the top of my head. Um, around a hundred bucks something like that okay so that's yep. for like a you know a refurbished what essentially is a brand new console and then the games were maybe maybe three thousand yen so you know 40 to 50 dollars perhaps um, okay yeah, yeah yeah so you know it was pretty reasonable pretty reasonably priced um well i thought anyway like it's probably the kind of place where like if you were a local you would probably you know, you go in there and be like, oh, wow, these, these are overpriced. But yeah, like, you know, when you're on holiday and everything just is like, yeah, I could buy that. I could buy that. Um, yeah, yeah. It felt pretty reasonable, really. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was pretty special stuff. To get, to, a, to get a some, non... Um, some... To get a non-yellowed, um, super, you know, Super Famicom or Super NES would be amazing. 
a non yeah. you know you know they go horribly yellow when they get old yeah they do yeah yeah all of these were like totally refurbished so like essentially brand new condition um although you can i have seen online there are things you can do if you've got yellowed consoles like that you can take them to bits and like chlorinate them kind of thing with like peroxide yeah and, and peroxide yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that as well i just haven't i don't know i haven't been bothered yeah. <laughs> i suppose I is the honest like, answer <laughs> yeah i think you need like uv lights and shit as well which you know ain't nobody got time for that but yeah, um yeah yeah, Japan was a trip. Japan was a good time. Um, and yeah, I definitely recommend anyone going. If you're interested in, into video games or anime culture or anything like that, it was it was, it was was sick. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, we um, we definitely have to plan a, a sort of Overcast Gamer Tokyo Game Show trip at some point, I think, just to, to get right in the thick of the madness. Tokyo Game Show would be amazing. Definitely. <laughs> Let's do it. Next year. Awesome, man. Awesome. Right. So we better move on into what we've been playing because this is probably going to take a while, I imagine, because there's one big, you know, one giant game that's been released over the past what, two weeks, I think it's been out, maybe a week and a half. And uh, Regan's just for the occasion. And I think we all know what the game is. So Regan, you've 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 sank in you've sank in the most time out of all, you know, out of out of us, uh, Balthazar, I don't think you've played it um uh you know correct me if if i'm wrong but um i've put in about five hours so far i think and i'm barely scraping the surface of this thing so you're gonna have to lead this conversation man uh where do you start it's um so yeah i would agree like if you've done four hours or so on that game you you are still in the tutorial area you know like it's um like i think i probably put maybe 10 hours in or more probably more yeah probably more like 15 20 um and i feel like i'm like i'm still being introduced to new mechanics and things like that it's kind of the game has that sort of uh you know breadth to it which is nuts um and i I almost want to break this conversation down into into little mini areas so that we don't get sort of bogged down in the mire of 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 what it is um I guess the first place to start, the most obvious place to start is just how it looks. Um, is just the the kind of technical marvel that it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm playing on like a just 1080, 1080p monitor. It's not the best monitor, but man, the game is probably the nicest game I've ever seen run on a PlayStation. Like it's, you know, when uh, Horizon Zero Dawn came out, I thought to myself like, this is a sexy looking game, but this game is just heads and shoulders above that in terms of kind of the way that they've done lighting i think lighting is really the main thing here um yeah that, that yep. really sets it apart um kind of the the especially in that snowy area that you start in like the way that they everything gets washed out and white and and it's just so well done um what are your because you're playing on the ps4 pro a what are your impressions of of how it's performed so far it's it's performed really well um i'm playing with noise cancelling headphones so if my playstation is sounding like a jet engine i'm not hearing it nice Uh, yeah yeah yeah. so uh, as you mentioned the snowy area so there's a lot of lantern light a lot of sort of soft lantern light in that in that first area and that looks amazing, absolutely mm. amazing. The, the the ambience that that sets up is um, is fantastic in that initial area, sort of that hateful eight style 
intro, introductory yeah, um, sequence is, and and you know it reminded me of GTA Five as well. You know the um, North Yankton uh, starting to that game uh, set in the snow. Rockstar seems to have it for some reason just setting the introduction of their games in the snow at the yeah. moment. But um, <laughs> it's yeah. It, it's yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, so we'll, we'll stick on the visuals. I'm I'm sort of I'm trying to jump the gun here because I just have so many thoughts whizzing around my brain, but. So, I've I finished the the snowy area and I'm I'm in the I guess what is the the main world now, mm. and it's constantly surprising me every time you know in The Witcher Three when you climb a hill and you'd get to the top of the hill and everything would just sort of lay out in front of you, you'd mm. have the sun on the horizon and like rolling hills and you'd see a hanged person swaying in the breeze all all, the, all these little things just to create this amazing ambience and. Red Dead has has done exactly the same thing, just in a much higher fidelity. I think. Yeah, um, I think um, it's things like the the engine is working so well that those moments where they were excellent in The Witcher, they could sometimes be ruined by things like pop in and and you'd just like you'd notice yep. little things that kind of gave away that it was a video game, but this one is just so yeah. fluid. Like you can jump, you can go up on top of a mountain and look out. And it seems like the draw distance is like just I wouldn't have imagined possible on a PlayStation um, and nothing's popping in everything. Just the way things like blur out into the distance and all that sort of stuff is just just incredible. Like I'm sure you if, if we were more technical people, we could, you know, talk about all the fanciness and use the right words and things. But <laughs> it it's um, as as kind of the basis is the starting point for what is essentially a game built on kind of immersion like mm-hmm. the visuals are just like they just nail it you know like you've you've it's got to be that good well it has to be as good looking as you can get it to be when you're when your kind of core mechanic is just getting lost in this world and i yep. think that's oh it's spot on it's so good so good agreed agreed man i i think the my my sort of um uh, my moment of awe so far is when I just sat down at the campfire just, just recently actually in sort of the last 10 minutes I was playing it sat down at the campfire and it was nighttime and just had a had a, a plate of stew with um John and, and a few other people and just the 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 sort of uh, the heat um distortion coming off the fire melding oh, with yeah. the night sky and that sort of soft ambience of the of the fire and the the warm hues coming off the fire man i was i was there i was fully there during that moment and that's and that's exactly what they're after right like that's so so, yeah mm, so moving on from the visuals a little bit uh we're talking about immersion and one of the things that have come up or or one of the sort of i want to say backlashy kind of things that's happened on the internet is people are you know people are saying it's a very slow game and it is slow paced yeah how have you found the pacing and and that side of it i guess early on it's hard to tell but how have you felt uh, what's been your kind of read on that so far um i haven't minded the pace i've never minded slow games and this is a mm. western and westerns are notoriously slow so i i kind of knew what i was getting into really mm. um i'm i'm enjoying there's not often that you get video games that just take their time and don't really give a toss what you think about that you know they're, they're <laughs> yeah. not they're not constantly bombarding you with action set pieces or 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 trying to maintain your attention red is just kind of like this is me take me or leave me mm. and you know 
get fucked if if, <laughs> yeah, if if you don't like it sort of thing it's um yeah it's quite i don't know it's 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 quite refreshing in that way it's just it's not vying for your attention it's just like eh, hang out if you want <laughs> i don't mm. care <laughs> yeah that's a it's very it's very confident right it's like saying yeah. this is this is the stylistic choice that we've made and i think yep. this like I'm going to keep using this wanky word immersion, but like for me, it, it all kind of does come back to that idea that like, it's all about having the player just kind of get soaked into this world. And I think if you did something disingenuous, like trying to make it, um, you know, trying to make it more fast paced or, you know, trying to make it more like GTA or whatever, it would ruin that. And I think like, you've got to, you know, you've, you you have to understand that this game wouldn't be the same game without that kind of pacing to it. I think it would be my argument if, if you know, someone stopped me in the street and accosted me about the pace of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, um, man. I, I And I, I feel they're... I'll get even more wankier than you, Regan, and I'll say I feel they're <laughs> trying to... Um, they're, they're trying to emulate life in a wee way. They're trying to emulate all the really tedious stuff that comes along with life as much as the great stuff. Mm. Um, and they're not, they're not totally. shying away from that sort of thing. Mm. I think, you know, because to be fair, like if you lived back in, in, in this kind of time, this era, it probably would have been shit, you know, like <laughs> it wouldn't have been fun. So I think it's kind of just, they're, they're just, they're recognizing that and saying like, Oh, you know, they're, there would have just been this dull side to life and that's that's cool like yeah you know yeah, it is what it is um it's it seems to be more I about the relationships and hanging out with people than anything at the moment yeah i think at that early stage it's about kind of just i guess getting to know everyone in the gang and that side of yeah. things so which is yeah which is cool um what I'm really liking about the game and i commented on this briefly on the stream the other day was um how they their quest design is really nice it, it doesn't so i've come across instances like the witcher where like you have side quests that kind of seem to meld into the main story that kind of thing but what they do do really well is they have these seemingly kind of just mundane things that you're going to go do so slight spoilers there's a point at which you go fishing um Ooh. and you think you think to yourself like how is this quest going to have something different about it like what's going to be interesting about this and then there is like every even on those kind of ones where you're like you know this is just going to be fishing there's always a twist like there's always something interesting about every kind of scripted excursion that you go out and do um and i think that's really impressive as well like the the writing is 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 of a caliber that it, it just always seems to be fun and engaging um, yeah, it, it seems to be um, what you've described, Regan, really resonates with me in that uh, so far all those, all missions haven't really been building plot or exposition as so much as building character. And I really mm. appreciate that, I think. It's, it's just you getting to know Arthur Morgan more, getting to know his personality, getting to know the other people in your camp and their personality or anyone anyone you're helping. It's just it's just hanging out with people. That's what this game is to me so far, and I'm really enjoying it. Mm, mm. Yeah, the, I think that's kind of it in the, those early stages, and then you start to kind of get glimpses of, of what's happened 
and what is right. happening and, and, and right. understanding kind of, yeah, as you get to know the characters, you understand that there's kind of like a bit of a push and pull happening a bit under the surface, I suppose. But, yep. um, but anyway, we won't, we won't go too far down that track cause it'll start, um, getting spoilery. Um, the, yeah. And I, I suppose thinking about all of that, like for me, like the immersion factor of this game is, is higher than, than any game I've played, but then that's cause I'm totally bought into it. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm getting into this game and it's going to be great. Um, yeah, it's just phenomenal. Highlights so far, Abe. Like aside from the camp, the camp, sitting around the campfire. Um, oh, hi- other... highlights so far. I mean, there's one mission where you get pissed, and I won't say any more than that. But that's definitely <laughs> one of my highlights. That that was that that reminded me of The Witcher. That reminded me of the quest where you're you're sitting around getting drunk um, uh, back at Kia Morin uh, with mm. the boys. Yeah, it, it yep. reminded me tons of that quest, and I. Ha- just the way there's a montage during that during that um, mission, and that montage mm. had me laughing out loud. It's absolutely fantastic. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's definitely a highlight, and just sort of it, it captures um, it captures being really drunk <laughs> just really well. Just mm. these sort of flashes of things that happen, and then you like, how did I get in this situation? <laughs> sort of things like really great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I suppose just the fluidity of um, uh, yeah every, everything melding into into each other. It's funny that this game doesn't really give you a set path, and I suppose that can be a little bit intimidating, being that we don't we haven't really had a game like that before, um, mm. or at least in the way that Red Dead does it. In that it doesn't place any importance or emphasis on anything over anything else. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good point, it, and I think that kind of led me astray a little bit at one point. So, like early on, I ended up like being getting a bounty, like a significant bounty, like a hundred and something, hundred and fifty bucks or something, in yeah. the two towns that you start nearby. So Valentine yep. and Strawberry. Right. So, and it was a pain in the ass because those two towns, um, they they were where all the quests were. Like if I was getting a quest, I was going to one of those two towns and it, I was sort of led astray in the sense that I had just been given this tutorial about like hunting, hunting animals and, you know, and you can take those animal skins and you can trade them in for, for money. And and it sounded like, Oh yeah, you know, you get quite a bit of money for, for skins. And I was like, shit, I need to pay off my bounties before I can really proceed. So I spent a good, like, four or five hours just hunting animals and, and, and for skins only to go and sort of trade them in and have them be sort of like actually not worth that much. So I was sort of like, because the path is kind of a little bit blurry, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I'd received this message. I was like, Oh, actually that's probably a good way to make money. But in the long term in the game, it's probably not. Um, it's more about the crafting side of things, but it's just, yeah, I think it's just the, that, that kind of, like it's a good thing, the, this kind of slight blurring of the lines as to sort of your path forward, but um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it ended up like me spending a lot of time trying to, you know, make peace your bount- with the law, <laughs> whistle your bounties down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, <laughs> it was rough. I was I was in deep, in deep. Yeah. Yeah. All all the um, I'll, I'll ask you about the sort of. 
because this game there's a lot of interactions there's a lot of things you can do there's a lot of buttons there's a lot of interactions there's almost too many things for a for a playstation 4 controller <laughs> like there's so many things you can do i've found myself trying to remember how to activate certain yeah. functions and things like that and um it seems like rockstar's gone a little bit overboard and in, in, in terms of um you know you can access your horse rucksack you can access your satchel you mm. can access your own weapon wheel you can access your tonic menu you can access your pelts menu yeah. it's just like holy shit man like i i, I can't remember all this stuff <laughs> like, yeah it is a bit a bit of death by menu <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, menu. I think you do get used to it but yeah i found the same thing early on so there's like yeah there's kind of there's the weapon wheel, there's your horse's weapon wheel, there's your satchel, there's your journal, there's like a, a kind of mini journal that just shows you all the quests that you have available. Yeah. There's HUD options. Um, yeah. There's, yeah, like the item menu. Um, it is it is extreme. Like there's a, well, I don't know. I think I think what it is, is, is you'd probably, even in a normal, you know, in other games, you'd get, a similar amount of ui but yep. i think usually they build it all into one menu so you right. go okay cool i want to go i want to go into the menu like you think about something like skyrim like you go into the menu and everything is there yeah i think what is a little bit challenging early on is the fact that they've taken everything and they've split it all out to make it i guess as immediately accessible as as they can Right, but it does make it a little bit harder to learn where all those menus are and what you know what the buttons are. I think maybe yep. that's what they've tried to do. They've tried to take all those menus and put them at your fingertips, but it makes the learning, you know, picking up that where everything is a little bit harder. Um, it yeah. does get easier. I I've definitely found it's gotten easier. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good. Yeah, because as far as I can tell, at the moment, I sort of need those prompts to come up again, and as far as I can tell it's a one and done situation with those prompts. They're like, well, you should know that we told you once for three seconds. <laughs> I was like, Oh, nope. That information's gone from my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you were being shot at at the time and yeah, yeah. you just didn't read that, you know, that particular little like block of text in the very top left. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel you. I, I definitely feel you. But it, you know, it's, yeah, it's not holding your hand, I suppose. Um, yeah, and I'm all I'm all for that. Could be improved a bit for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. like um, sounds like console gamer problems where you're not used to playing <laughs> games where every single key on the keyboard is a shortcut to open a different menu, and you need to memorize them all. Yeah, this mm. is true. Yeah, this we're just true, lazy, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Just lazy fucking console gamers, dirty console gamers. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. Although, to having... be fair, if I could buy Red Dead Redemption on PC, I would. And I probably will. When they release it on PC, I'll buy the shit out of that thing on PC just to play it at like, you know, the best best quality possible. It's it's funny because um, I was talking to someone about that last night and uh, she mentioned a good point, actually. She, she mentioned that, you know, they, they might... they d There was issues with GTA V modders um, and cheaters and things like that on PC. So I don't think Rockstar ha has a... Has, sees pc players in the most favorable of light at this point so i mean it'd be remiss for them not to bring it out on pc 
but I they're think they're gonna... working on it on PC. It's already been a hundred percent confirmed that the PC version is well underway. Oh, has oh, yeah. it by Rockstar? Excellent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Yeah, it's it's underway. the The only issue they'd have would just be yeah, like you said, since GTA Five was rampant with hackers, it's just potentially not bringing the online element to PC or something. But the, right. the single player element, because um, they haven't talked about that at all. Um, but they've confirmed that the single player is is yeah well on its way towards pc but still not to expect it before like at least q3 next year kind of oh okay mm. yeah, yeah 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 oh that's that's good that's good they're making it available at least to to you know pc players and they can turn down the heat on that community because i remember when red dead one came out every every year since 2010 <laughs> seen at least a few comments Where, where's the pc version where's the pc version it's just mm. man yeah for the, sure. the sort of appeal of this game is quite amazing. Like it is pretty incredible how how just every, everyone who's into games is just like yeah, Red Dead. Yeah, it's, it's happening. It's it's become it's like the uh, Rockstar dropping a new title has kind of become like a it's a cultural like a milestone in, yeah it is it's like a point in history like mark it on your calendar this is when something big happened yeah um which is ridiculous but you know just the <laughs> I, I think it's just the amount of money that that they make is is just incredible as well not as i claimed on the stream at two billion dollars yeah. in the first few days <laughs> two, two billion in two days i was like yeah i don't think that's right <laughs> but it was uh it was a lot of money it was like 750 million or something yeah seven seven twenty five i think in in the first couple of days your first weekend 725 mm. million dollars which is not to be sniffed at but yeah, um which is not I bad mean, not bad i wonder if um i would be interested to know how much they spend on making them like oh yeah how much does it cost to make a red dead redemption 2 like it must be in the hundreds of millions um, oh easily man being that it's gone on for eight years and they have to employ you know all all the devs all the motion capture people the sound designers everything for they've had to employ all those people for eight or you know a majority of those people for eight years. I can't even fathom how much this game cost to make. But I mean, th- there's a few more things. Like, yeah, I think we, maybe we could, it's... We, we could probably talk about this game for hours and hours and hours. We obviously have to cut it off at some point. But there's a few more things I want to go over before, you know, before we move on. And that's the, um, I, I, you know, I want to get back to the sort of tedium elements because there's sort of a cognitive dissonance going on in my brain in that mm. I really love that sort of stuff because it, it is immersion building and it gives everything weight and it gives everything, uh, you know, a feeling of um, verisimilitude or, or, you know, realism, whatever you want to call it. But it also, you know, sometimes you're sitting there and you're looting a table and you pick up every individual can of beans and you just wonder, do I really, do I have to do this? <laughs> yep, and it's not, yeah, yeah, and yeah, big time. And it's not like, you know, in some games they they do the same thing, but there's no animation where you to he the character has to move into place and he picks it up. You just go tap tap tap, and he, and it just all the items just go into your inventory. This is a case where like. <laughs> 
you know you actually like arthur has to physically move to that spot pick up the can of beans put yeah. it in a satchel sort of thing like it's it's a slow process for sure and it is a little bit frustrating where when you like not standing in the exact right spot to to have the 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 prompt come up yeah and you've got to like walk you end up doing that thing that you do in these kind of games where you get up and you walk around in a circle and you come back around <laughs> and you face that spot again and yep. you go okay cool now i can pick it up and then he goes oh okay and he slowly leans forward and he picks it up puts it in a satchel like yeah i i, I think that there could have been some concessions made in some places to make it just a little bit more you know a little bit easier on people you know th there's got to be that point at which you have to say actually this is not necessarily adding to the immersion side of it like um balthazar was it you the other day you were mentioning how like you have to slow down to a certain speed on your horse to change clothes and then <laughs> you can't change clothes while you're going at full gallop even though when you change your clothes you just magically your outfit changes but it's like mm. they want it to be realistic as in you can't change while you're riding at full gallop you need to be moving at a slow trot or stationary but still, you don't actually have an animation for getting changed. Your clothes just magically become different clothes. Mm. Yeah, it's a, I also a... like speaking on that realism thing, like there's one thing in it like that would annoy me so much if it happened to me. Is So there's all these various things you have to do that I just consider tedious and not fun. Like you have to keep your horse clean and have to keep it well fed and all this shit or it goes slower. It doesn't like you. <laughs> if you don't do those things, you could go to pat it and it will kick you in the head and kill you instantly. <laughs> and that's it. Like, how is that fun for the player? How is that in any way? Like, yeah, it's realism, but going, yeah, it's back to your point, Ring. Like, at what, like, concessions, at what point is realism going too far beyond sort of enjoyment for the player? Like, it's a one off funny thing. If it happened once, you'd have a chuckle and then realize that you hadn't saved for an hour and you're fucked. Like, yeah. it's. It's not good. It's not good. There's too much in that yeah. game that's keeping me away from ever playing it. I feel like that would be, like, that would only happen because you'd have to really neglect the shit out of your horse for that to happen, I think, for it to get to that point. Like I would. Very... I don't do mini games unless they're stupid and feeding and cleaning isn't stupid. It's just <laughs> It's not stupid so enough for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, then, you know, just either go out and buy or catch a new horse or... Um, just walk, walk everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think just you can. Um, or take you stage can, coaches. You, know? you can run your horse through yeah, the river funny, to get it like, clean, right? Clearly, they they decided that they wanted to do everything in like a like a very kind of specific way. Like we want to go for realism, but there's obviously these these pointy bits that they got to, like with the horse and the you know the picking up of the items and things, where it was. They, I reckon you can imagine they had conversations around this where it's like, how far do we push this? And, you know, these are the, the areas, those pointy little areas that you notice. You notice that, that it's not probably necessary. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to think about. It all kind of comes back to their, their, their ethos, I suppose. Um, mm. Is there anything more you want to talk about in terms of um, Red Dead Regan? Um, not hugely. I, I think... Um, I'm just kind of keen to spend more time with it. I'm hoping that it doesn't yeah. get boring. Um, you know, the immersion is cool. I'm hoping it doesn't get a, a little bit tedious and boring and I just want to push through it. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, generally I'm just keen to spend more time as Arthur Morgan um, and just looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds. Um, now that they're starting to drop little carrots and things into the story and your interactions with the other ba- uh, other gang members, yeah, I'm starting to get hooked by that side of it. So um, yeah, I'm just excited. Just excited for it, man. Awesome, man. The, the, uh, I'll say the, the last thing I'll add is I really like how they, um, John Marsden is just treated like shit by everyone <laughs> it's really funny yeah arthur morgan says something like oh he's, he's dumb as a sack of rocks as dull as rusted iron or something like that yeah he he's just constantly being given shit isn't he um, yeah it's yeah it's good stuff i think it's handled quite well like because you everyone holds john in like such high regard and now you're just kind of seeing him as, a, as an every everyday dude and it's yeah, yeah it's quite good i think it's i think they've done it in a clever way definitely and i think we'll have to do we we might even do a dedicated red dead to you know probably not a spoiler cast because god knows how long it'll take us both to get through this game but a red dead 2 in-depth discussion maybe like you know 45 minutes to an hour of just solid red dead 2 chat um so we might have to yeah might have to get that sorted too in the meantime, I mean, that's that's Regan and I, Balthazar. You got anything you want to talk about, man, while you've been playing? No, nah, yeah. So I've been playing, like, I don't know, 20 new releases since two <laughs> months ago when we last did a, like, you know, talking about lo- lots of games thing. Um, but I'm going to talk about none of them. I'm going to talk about one game, which I've been playing more lately. I've actually had for a long time and didn't get into um, yeah. until recently because I just, in my mind, it wasn't a real game. I want to take a bit of time talking about mobile gaming um because it's not something people really talk about and it's getting even further away from a thing now that we have the switch because the switch Mm. is a portable console again now and if you actually look a lot of the games that release on it for two dollars and stuff they are mobile games (laughs) so the switch is almost just becoming the (laughs) thing so if you want to play a game on the go that's it that's all you need um but my old favorite mobile game was a game called Citus, which was a rhythm based um music game um which was a cool idea because it was basically made by a bunch of um, composers and artists who just wanted to get their music out there, but iTunes and stuff like that is so overcrowded they needed a, a, a you know a point of differentiation. So they made a game which showcased all their music. Um, I just thought it was a really cool idea, um, and the game was awesome and had a pretty cool um, concept behind it. I wouldn't say a story. The first one didn't have a story; it just had a, a concept for the world. Um, but Citus 2 came out this year, um, and it is my new favorite mobile game. It vastly improves upon the first one um, in a lot of ways. The music choices are really cool. Oh, nice. Got the got the original going. <laughs> that is just not, um, that's not coming through very well at all. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the second one improves upon it in terms of the actual the actual rhythm based game. It's it's upped its game a lot there. Um, there's more tracks in it um they uh have actually implemented a story there's like little little animated scenes and stuff um but what i like about it is how the story isn't told directly to you it's kind of discovered by you through there is a story of this overall world but in the second game you play as characters so the first one you just play the tracks and it kind of based on the names of the chapters and kind of some of the pictures in the tracks and things like that you're piecing together an understanding of of the state of the world the second game you play as characters and they have uh basically the the storytelling is done through an instant messenger client um so in between track each of the characters is a musician 
um, and they have their own genre and style of music that they play um, and, and compose and everything. And they are basically idols. It's very much like a Japanese idol culture where, you know, they have huge followings and stuff like that. And so a lot of it is done through IM where it's their official kind of fan page tweeting out stuff or whatever and it's responses and you're kind of understanding the world through that. Um, but then you hit points where various characters become locked off or whatever because some real world event has happened that's taken them away and you have to progress the other characters' stories to kind of get them back. Um, and overall, it's just following the story of this composer called Aesir who disappeared ages ago. He held a festival um, and people can't remember if it actually took place or not. Um, and it <laughs> sounds like a main festival. Everyone yeah, yeah, no. Well, the reason is basically because everyone who went had their memory wiped um, uh, at a certain point in the festival, um, and so then the investigation starts to come. Like, okay, where did he go after this? Is he responsible for it, or you know, was there some other person responsible who's also kidnapped him or whatever? And then other people's street, like one of the characters you play as a streamer, and her stream gets hacked, and everyone get loses their memories and stuff like that, and so then it's like this whole hunting down Aesir to find out if he's responsible or what's going on. Mm. It's it's cool. Um, I really like what they did with the characters, how they have their own genre of music, and the tracks are um, like kind of the best immediate thing you can see is in the main menu when you select your character. There's kind of the theme music for the, for the menu selection, and when you tap on each character before you select them, it changes the style that the track is being played into their genre so one's like a pop star one's kind of dubstep one's just electro house one's a classical composer and so it's kind of re-rendering that track in their style um mm. and it gives you like a really cool feel for for yeah just just the character um and it's it's awesome i love it and mobile games i think have reached a point where there are legitimately solid gaming experiences in them but nobody talks about them because you've got stuff like the Switch. Like, why would you play a game on your phone if you're a gamer? Because you can get a Switch and play a real game anywhere you go. Kind and of I, I think mobile games being marred quite a bit by, like, all the shit, like, little mini experiences mm. that, um, yeah. you know, that are, that are in there. Like, you know, and it's all just like, oh, great, you picked three watermelon today. Here's ten flimflam <laughs> coins. Regan's still spend burnt on, by Farmville. Spend them on more things and just you. <laughs> um, more watermelon seeds. Yeah, you know, and and it just, it's just not like you can you can kind of see that the games are just designed to 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 take your money, um, and I mm. think it's just kind of been burned by that, and like so people just don't yeah. as, don't assume that you're going to get a good experience on a on a mobile device, but. It doesn't necessarily have to be the case, right? So that's cool. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I like Rayark's model up front. Cut you buy the game, you know. Yeah, it's not a free sample. I mean, now the original one, now the second one's out, has gone free to play, where it's like you know, first couple of chapters free, and then pay to unlock more. But the first, but yeah, the second one's just buy it, and you get a bunch of characters. They've added new characters since, and you do buy them separately as well, like little expansions. But like, yeah, it's just a classic game payment model really mm. um yeah. yeah that's it and then i've just played a buttload of switch games like heaps of new releases and stuff um and even a playstation game but what let's move on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right in, the, in that case then uh we'll move on to i suppose we'll move on to our feature for the the podcast uh, mm. which i'm calling by the numbers 
So I've sent you guys through a link to a Google Doc. If you want to open that up for me as soon as you can, mm -hmm. have a look in there. Cool. Looks like we just have a list of... Uh, just developers, by the looks of things. No, there's games in there as well. Oh, there is too. Yeah, Undertale's in there. Okay, good. Yeah, it's mostly developer. I I, I was going to write Toby Fox. He's the developer of Undertale, but I just wrote Undertale because no one knows, you know, <laughs> no, no one would know who That's Toby true. Fox was, so I just put Undertale instead. So... <clears throat> What I'm going to do, um, you got, you know, how familiar are you guys with studios and how many people work at studios? You guys think you have a, a decent assumption on those or? No. No, but this will be fun. Um, we yeah. both work at, at a tech company. So you can so sort of, you can kind of sort of see much... where this is going. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll kick things off. So basically listeners viewers what i've done is i've sent these guys through a massive list of developers uh i'm going to read out a uh, <coughs> a sort of um a number you know a number and these guys are going to choose from this list of developers and tell me which which of these developers do they do they think would have this many people working there um so we'll do we'll do sort of a, a testing round here so the first one is 400 so out of that massive list of developers that you guys have got uh goes on two pages who do you think would <laughs> have 400 there employees second page? there's a 400 employees 400 employees those ones could fit up on the first page couldn't they? anyway um <laughs> 400 employees um i don't even know who half these devs are roxio you do you know 400 you should. Isn't, they're pretty um, prominent. Um, all of them, I would say. Roxio is the one that did. Is, did they do Flappy Birds or whatever? Yeah, ang was, Angry or? Birds. Yeah, Angry yeah, Birds, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yep. go them. I'm gonna say Roxio has yeah. about 400 people. Because that feels to me like it's a like a maybe a mid size. Oh, maybe not Roxio. That'd be I reckon 400's pretty. I want to give 400 to one of the bigger houses. To be really? honest, really, really. Yeah, um, not one of the huge ones, not like Square Enix or anything, because they got so many different departments and shit. Mm. But. Maybe, maybe something like Guerrilla Games. Okay, Regan's Regan, Dynamics. Regan's locking. Yeah. In. Do you want to lock in Guerrilla Games, Regan? Yeah, lock it in. Lock it in. And I'll go Crystal Dynamics. Locking Guerrilla Games. Crystal Dynamics. Okay, so the four hundred employees is the late and arguably great telltale games right 400 400 employees 400. they had <laughs> you need a fair few to churn out that crap every two months <laughs> <laughs> hey you you like tales from the borderlands <laughs> yeah yep. that one game they did that one out game. of the 60 <laughs> all right um we'll go we'll go about higher we'll go up to 750 who do you guys think from that list would have? That, I mean, that's a pretty massive a amount of employees. Company. Sizable yeah. company, yeah. Um, Bungie. Balthazar locking and locking and Bungie. Uh, I will say, CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red. Balthazar, you are entirely correct. 
It was Bungie. Bungie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's seven hundred and seven hundred and fifty odd people working on Destiny, I guess, because Bungie doesn't do anything else anymore, <laughs> right? They, that's all they do. It's just Destiny. So I suppose. I mean, they they are pretty. They're, they're high budget productions, right? They're you can see it when you play mm. them. So I suppose mm. they do need that many people, but I I'm sure there weren't that many people working at Bungie when um Halo, you know, Halo Reach was their last game, right? They they probably would yeah. have doubled in size since then, I would imagine. I'd say there'd be a lot in terms of like a move from like Halo into um Destiny, there'd be a lot more kind of infrastructure people for all the kind of online elements of it. Yeah. Mm. That would be where a lot of that expansion comes from, maybe. Yeah. All right, we'll go. We'll go right down to to a smaller, smaller one now. Twenty five. Twenty five. Hello Games. Regan Lockin and Hello Games. Team Meat. <laughs> so you, <laughs> yeah, you, true. you're familiar with Team Meat. I assume they did Super Meat Boy because they have meat in their name. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, no, neither of those two, unfortunately. It's Playdead, the guys who did Limbo and Inside. Uh, oh, Twenty-five yeah. people. Twenty-five people on wow, that that's team. That's cool. Yeah, Excel- uh, excellent games for the you that, know for yeah. am- amazing games, and you can see why it takes them blimmin' four years to make a game. They've only got that many people working there. Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. pretty impressive. Cool. Um, we'll go for one of the massive, massive ones now. Let's try nine thousand three hundred. Jesus. Fucking hell. Okay. Um, I feel like that's too big for just game development. Yeah. It's uh. So uh, I'm gonna. I'll I'll say it's a publisher. I'll give you a hint. It's a it's a publisher. Yeah, I was gonna lock in someone like Capcom. Think for that. Capcom. Um, I was. I was thinking, yeah, Ubisoft or Square Enix. Um, I'm going to say Ubisoft. Ubisoft? Yeah. Okay, the uh, 9,300 employees uh, worldwide. EA, Electronic Arts. Yeah. 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 Mm, 9,300 staff. That's, oh, man. That's across (laughs) the entire company, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah, well, I suppose that's the case for all of these, but far out. 9,000 people. It's that crazy, is, eh? It's like a fucking army. Like, yeah, you could, you could, you could conquer a nation with that many people. The EA reveals they actually do have an army, and that's that's what you know. Battle. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the battlefield's actually based on. Is the EA private army? Yeah, the electronic <laughs> army. Electronic <Yeah>. army. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, eight hundred. Eight hundred. Eight hundred. Um, I'll give you. A, I'll Triarch. give you. A, I'll give you a continent hint. Europe. Uh, Rockstar North. Is that the one Rockstar that's in? North? Yeah, that's the one. That, that, that's, the, that's the Edinburgh studio. Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. I don't. I don't know where Triarch are based. Uh, maybe CD Projekt. Balthazar, again, correct. It's CD Projekt Red. Oh, nice. Yeah, 800. 800 employees. Um, they have offices in Los Angeles. They have offices in uh, two in Poland, I think, maybe three now. Um, and they, they also have uh, one, I think, down in London. 
So they're mm. they're actually yeah quite large that studio now. I remember you know back Witcher two days, thinking, who the hell are these guys? Like I'd never heard of them. And yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> now now they're basically a, I mean they're a household name in terms of gaming, right? I think anyone who's into gaming would know of CD Projekt Red. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's surprising. I oh, guess they have their. I wonder if that um, includes the GOG side of things, or if it's just the development. Um, I think it's. Yeah, no, that's a good point, actually, Regan. I to know the answer to that. I would imagine that it's just the development. Oh, yeah, I guess it comes down to are they just intimately entwined, or does CDPR own GOG? Oh, yeah, CDPR definitely owns GOG. Um, I'm just not sure if that. Mm. Yeah, if, if these stats because I got these, I pulled these stats from Wikipedia, um, so I may, maybe that does cover GOG as well. I'm not too sure. There can't be that many people working at GOG, oh, yeah. surely. Right. Um, we will do 360. 360. 360. Um, I should probably tally yeah, scores. Yeah. Balthazar is currently in the lead with uh, two points. Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> scored yet. Yeah. Um, uh, Rocksteady. Rocksteady, Regan locking in the Batman. <laughs> That's a good call. The Batman. If you have more than if you have more than three hundred and sixty, Arkham Knight would have released on PC. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, shots fired! <laughs> Sorry, Rocksteady. I'm gonna fo- just follow the numbers thing. I think I'm gonna go uh, three, four, three. Three, four, three. Three, four, three industries. All right. So, how we're... many people does it take to make Halo? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Uh, so 360 employees, Rockstar North. Oh, yeah. Right. So I, you know, I would have thought they were bigger. To be honest, I would have thought there'd be more people at Rockstar North. Yeah. Still, I mean, that's I reckon not... give half a point to Regan for that one. He had Rocks. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay, Regan, Regan, you get you get point five, point five for that. Point. Thanks, guys. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> for rocks. <laughs> For the rocks. word rocks. <laughs> Brilliant. Rocks. Um, right, we'll go two. 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 Team meet. Regan locking in team meet. Um, Konami since Kojima left. <laughs> two people. <laughs> two people making pro evolution soccer. <laughs> Oh, it might be uh, Undertale, whatever that one is, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Hey, there's no. Oh, I don't. I'm going to go with some of the ones I don't know. I guess. Uh, uh, Supercell. Who are they? Who are they? they Super, so Supercell there's are the Clash Clash of Clans Clash Royale developers. Okay, yeah, right, sure. Super, 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 Supercell. Two, <laughs> two. Supercell, this game's right? a fucking the most profitable <laughs> game in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two people. Nah, it, it's team meet. Regan, you're entirely correct on that one. So Thank you get you. Uh, your one point one point five points, Regan. Uh, Balthazar, you're on three. So we will go. Well, from two, may as well go to one. One, one person. Well, that's got to be Undertale, right? Yeah, right. It's got to just be Toby Fox. Yep, that's right. That is that is Undertale. I kind I suppose I kind of spoiled that one at the start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did not think that through. You should have just put, not Undertale, you should have just put Toby Fox up there and yeah, then see if yeah. we get it when you say one. <laughs> right. Um, we will do, let's, we'll do the biggest one on the board. 13,742. Jesus. 
<laughs> so uh, Square Enix. Regan with Square Enix, Rise of the Tomb they Raider, must be, Final Fantasy, they must be massive. Lots of lots of projects, just cause, yeah, they yeah, shit kind ton of, of stuff. Lots of huge games. Yeah, I would think Square Enix as well, but just for a point of difference, I'll say Nintendo. Nintendo and Square Enix, uh, both incorrect, unfortunately. It is our old mate Ubisoft. <laughs> oh, yeah, underestimating. So that's the largest, the largest number you have. That's the largest number I have, thirteen thousand. Mm. Yep, there's a lot of Ubisoft. Lot of... Seem to have offices in every city in the world. <laughs> it's just <laughs> insane. I swear, Crazy. like every uh, when I was looking it up, it was like. Ubisoft Montreal, Ubisoft Paris, Ubisoft Lisbon, Ubisoft Melbourne, Ubisoft um, mm. Toronto, They're just all over the... And, oh, there was like Ubisoft... <laughs> Ubisoft uh, Levin. <laughs> Ubisoft Levin, yeah. <laughs> they need, uh, yeah, they need customer service teams in every country to handle all the compliance. Yeah, wow. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Gotten a bit better. Would, um, who do you think would win in a fight out of EA and Ubisoft? Not necessarily in terms of sheer military EA. or just like who, who's you know who's your pick like because obviously <laughs> ubisoft is bigger but yeah. like ea would do anything to win so like EA... literally anything EA they'd has... commit genocide with their electronic <laughs> army to win so. <laughs> ea has andrew wilson um who looks like a bond villain that australian guy who looks like a james That's bond true, villain. yeah so yeah. he he is leading the electronic army uh, Ubisoft mm. has Eve Eve Guillermo, who seems like one of the nicest people ever. So I can't, see, yeah. I can't. Although he could be a smiling assassin. Well, that's mm. true. He might be one of those guys that, like, when you get him in a in a boardroom by himself, he's just an absolute like animal. But yeah, no, I think you I think you're right. EA would probably win in a yeah, fight. Yeah, take it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah but bit more ruthless. Eh? They'd, I, yeah. I just feel yeah, like totally. EA would be a, would would kill without remorse. Would kill and would shoot you in the back while you were you know weren't looking sort of thing mm, yeah exactly yeah and then like <laughs> have a good night's sleep that night afterwards you know yeah <laughs> all right um 283 i'll give you another uh, i'll give you another consonant hint asia asia from software regan locking in the bloodborne and dark souls developers and armored core Balthazar? Balthazar's putting a lot more thought into be, his right? <laughs> It kind of has to be from software. Um, I would have thought they had more, though. Yeah, I would have thought so, too. But I can't tell who else up here is Asian other than the publishers. <laughs> Do you yeah. just want to lock in? I, 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 I lock in from as well. From as well? Well, you are both entirely correct. It is, it is from software. 283 really yeah that 283 is, people that's impressive it's not very large at all no, it's, it's um, i mean it's still reasonably large i suppose as compared to two but <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> yeah for the, but for yeah, the level I, I of suppose, games that they make you know yeah to crank out something like bloodborne you would you would imagine mm, oh, mm. i mean that they had well when, when was the last um uh, you know what was the gap in between FromSoft's last Dark Souls game and Bloodborne? What was that? Four years, three, four years? 
Mm. It wasn't too, like I'm pretty sure Bloodborne came out in between Dark Souls two and three. Yeah, and those games only came out two years apart, so it came out like one year after a Souls game. Jesus. So so they obviously have multiple departments in there, the the Dark Souls department, mm. Blood Bloodborne department, but fuck, that's that yeah. Japanese that productivity. Two eighty or something to, and they've defined a genre. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's mm. that's damn impressive. Jesus, and now they've got, uh, of course, Shadows Die Twice, Sekiro coming out. Uh, next year i think so right um we'll 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 switch this up a little bit i'll 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 give you guys the country or or you know at least the continent from now on just to make things a a little bit easier i suppose i i didn't realize that everyone didn't have this sort of object knowledge of 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 developers um you do so we'll go very sort of encyclopedic knowledge of developers like it's i i listen to a lot of podcasts regan a lot of podcasts yeah yeah nice um okay so we'll go let's try 275 and it is the continent of america and i suppose be more specific north america it's not a continent but you know it's the, the upper half of the continent um Three four three. Oh no, that's the Microsoft one, isn't it? Um, it is. It's the Halo team. Yeah, uh, Media Molecule. Media Molecule, or are they European? Oh God, I can't. I can't. Um, I can't answer these questions, Regan. I can. I can. <laughs> I can narrow it down to a city for you. Nah, I think that's too much. Well, it's too, I don't yeah, think it's too, too easy. Like yeah. I'm okay with that, making but, a fool of myself yeah. if I can't get the answer. Um, uh, you go first, Balthazar. Three arc. <laughs> Trey arc. Um, I'll go. Uh, I O I Interactive. Okay, so it's Insomniac. It's Insomniac. I don't even know who what they make. Yeah. I O I is um Hitman. Well, I'm steering away from them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trey arc. I always Hitman, and they're they're based in um, uh, Denmark, Copenhagen. Oh yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Insomniac, Spider Spider Man, dudes, and along with you know mm. other things. Yeah, they're in uh, L.A., Los Angeles, uh, Amsterdam. Two hundred and fifty. There's not many. There's not many other developers um you know dutch developers you guys should be able to get this one 250 based in amsterdam i don't know where anyone's <laughs> uh based uh 250 <laughs> where were they based sorry uh in the netherlands in in amsterdam the netherlands um this is getting i quite i visited now. i visited their headquarters that's a clue Oh, um, Guerrilla Games. That's that's them. That's Guerrilla Games. Two hundred and fifty people. Guerrilla Games. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Three point. <laughs> Three point. <laughs> yeah, two hundred and fifty people made made Horizon Zero Dawn. That's pretty damn impressive. That is. That, that's a phenomenal effort, actually. To be yeah. honest. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's crazy, eh? The, the 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 sheer detail in that game is is insane. Mm. Um, 250 people but uh, okay we'll do we'll do a couple more we'll do another large one 
we will go 4,606. Ooh. Biggie. Um, 4,000. If you Maybe guys want me to, Square Enix. If, if you want me to narrow it down, it's Asia again. Yeah, I'm, it's got to be Capcom or Square Enix. Uh, I'm going to say Square Enix. Capcom. <laughs> Go for the other. Nice. It <laughs> is everyone's favorite. Konami. (laughs) (laughs) Metal Gear Survive. 4,000 people. (laughs) Obviously, that's not true, but most of them are probably working on Pez and Pachinko, I imagine. uh, Yeah, yeah. oh my God. Pachinko machines. (laughs) Pachinko machines. Oh, yeah, you you would have had some run-ins with those. Fuck yeah. Go into one of the Pachinko halls and just like try and be in there for five minutes without getting a headache. Like, it's insanity so loud in there so loud. go into a pachinko hall find the inevitable snake eater pachinko machine that will be there and just stand there while it goes what a thrill yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, i love that song oh, i want to i want to hear like a midi like a really low quality midi version of snake eater yeah <laughs> um okay we'll do one more extremely popular game 700 Extremely Naughty popular. Dog. Yeah, good call. It's got to be. Yeah, Naughty You're Dog. Both, both locking in Naughty Dog? Yeah. Extremely popular game, singular, should have been the clue. It's oh. epic games with Fortnite. Uh, right. <laughs> Seven, how 700 many, how people. Many was it? Seven. 700. Interesting. Yeah, because they take seven hundred people to recolor the same skins to release every day. <laughs> see, no, right. see, because what I'm thinking is that will include the teams that work on Unreal Engine, right? And yep. like, I think I think it would oh, do. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's their pro- 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 proprietary engine, right? So they um they rent it out to people, and yeah, so there would be a massive section of that just dedicated solely to Unreal. I think so. To the tools, yeah. yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. If they do Unreal Engine, why does their game not look good on it? <laughs> like, wouldn't you think they would have the best understanding of how to optimize a game for that engine, but it runs like shit and, yeah. yeah I, think, <laughs> I thought you were a Fortnite uh, fan, Balthazar. <laughs> oh, like, I, I think what they did was great, but I've always hated the performance on PC. It does not run well. Mm. I think maybe they've just done it so that it's like, approachable for a lot of platforms like it can be played on switch it can be played on mobile you know that sort of thing they haven't pushed the engine as far as it can go because unreal can do like full-on like photorealistic realistic shit um yeah but but again like when they're not pushing it why does it still run like crap on every system it's on if they're not pushing the engine either i don't know like it just it lags it takes forever to load it runs really poorly it has like constant micro stutters and stuff it's yeah i'm surprised i didn't i didn't i totally forgot that they did unreal engine 4 and now i fucking hate them, <laughs> I, I hate them for not, not optimizing their own game on their own engine that's right. just made me actually like so angry be... i've always hated the performance of that game and now i hate it even more there is no justification <laughs> for it at all It'd be hilarious if they're actually running like Havoc engine or something. They weren't even using Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Havoc. 
Pretty sure that the, the original Spyro was in the Havoc engine. No way, really. Mm. Something like that. I, I feel like it, I feel like it. That was the case. Yeah. I feel like the Havoc engine was the was the in thing for sort of 2003 until 2006. <laughs> sort of around that time frame was Havoc was was everything was in every game. Then after yeah. that, it was just like, uh, no, <laughs> we've got we've got the Rage engine, we've got um, Decima, we've got Unreal, you know, all those sorts of things. But um, so the rest of them, I'll just I'll run through them quickly just to give you guys a brief idea. So we had Naughty Dog, two hundred and fifty two. Uh, Hello Games, twenty. Yeah, Hello Games. Uh, they started off with twelve, and I, since I looked on their Wikipedia and um, and a few few links and things, they've gone up to twenty. Uh, I suppose they are putting out updates for that game now. So they did an underwater update the other day, the Abyss. So constant, constant content. Uh, mm. We have, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we have Supermassive, the Until Dawn developers, 150, only 150 people there, who, who made um, right. Until Dawn and Tales of was that Man of Maiden Tales of Vesperia? <laughs> I can't remember the name of that game. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Platinum. Balthazar, two hundred and eleven at Platinum Games. Oh, yeah, not not huge. Smaller than um, no, no, no. smaller than FromSoft, two hundred eleven. Mm. Uh, three four three Halo Devs, four hundred fifty. We had Shit. too many Crystal Dynamics, too many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of yeah. Halo doesn't really excite me anymore. I'm kind of with you on that. Crystal Dynamics, three hundred fifty. Pretty good. Tomb Raider, you know, that's a that's a big game, it's a very big game. Um, we had uh, Rockstar San Diego, so I suppose they were they were the Red Dead One. I, I think they probably did about eighty percent of that game. You know, this time around, Red Dead Two, obviously, all the studios were in collaboration, uh, but mm. Rockstar San Diego kicked it off with um, Red Dead Redemption. Two hundred eighty, Rockstar San Diego. Uh, we have Treyarch. They did Black Ops 4 recently. 250 people. Tiny. That is tiny wow. for a Call of Duty. Absolutely tiny. Mm. <laughs> I thought... I, and funnily enough, like, they're a small team and Treyarch are the team that make the good Call of Duty games. Yeah. Like, there's Treyarch and there's Sledgehammer yeah. and Treyarch do the good ones. It's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. After after Infinity Ward, um, 